It's September 15th, 2022, and you're listening to the Architecture Geeks podcast. I'm Larry. And I'm Matthew. And we're your friendly neighborhood architects being geeky as we want to be. Welcome to the podcast, everyone. This is the first post-summer podcast. Hopefully, hopefully all of you guys got to do something over Labor Day that was that you haven't done in a while and that was fun and enjoyable. I'm, I'm, I don't, I'm guessing you guys, you guys didn't go anywhere because you guys are going to go to Florida in a few weeks, I think, right? Uh, yeah, actually on Friday. Um, yeah, no, Faye, Faye's busy with her quarter close stuff. She's an accountant, so she is uh, super busy. This was a uh, third quarter close, and so she was working, you know, 60 plus hours a week and just burning the candle at both ends trying to get stuff done and so uh i was i had the kids and she worked that was pretty much how our labor day or labor day weekend went <laughs> so nothing too exciting but yeah we we get a vacation uh here in a little bit where we'll be in florida uh you know just she we got family down there and the kids always enjoy a good beach day Great for us too, because it burns their energy down to nothing. But <laughs> oh, that's nice. Get to come home from the beach and actually have them just kind of collapse and and then you have time to yourself. What a novel concept. I know. It's hard it's hard to come by these days. And it's gonna get worse. It'll, it'll just get worse. But but you'll enjoy it anyway. But for the for everyone else though, if if you are in college, if you're in K through twelve, you know that the end of summer means it's also back to school time and if you are, if you just you know, now, now there'll be some people have graduated in May, but I was an August graduate. So I didn't, you know, I, I finished my architecture degree mid August. And so I went from school, graduating, moving up here, starting work all in a matter of like three days. So it happened very quickly. And that was the start of my internship. And that's something that we thought would be kind of fun since, since there are so many people who are starting, starting a new job or starting, you know, right out of school and getting into architecture and what that means. We thought this might be a great time to, to talk about that. So today we're going to celebrate the end of summer with an intro to internship 101. We'll, we'll start with some advice for those who are about to start their first job. And then we'll actually flip the script and, and share some of our insight to help those higher up in the industry, the managers and owners who might be responsible for these new hires and interns. And then we'll end with our thoughts on how to integrate into a workplace that may or may not be 100% in person these days. I mean, I'm, I'm still working full time from home. I know, Larry, you're in a different situation, but yeah, but yeah, no, I think I think a lot of firms you're going to have that hybrid, and there is that weird. How do we, especially for interns, how do you integrate interns into a hybrid environment when, when sometimes these are the people that sometimes need the most handholding? But what we thought we'd start with is the advice for interns, and for this, I I want to thank my niece Jessica, who is an architect in upstate New York. She's in Albany, Albany. I don't know why I like saying Albany, but it, it's a fun word for me. But anyway, she she keeps a running list of things that's sort of advice for interns because she is a project architect and obviously in training people and and working with the interns and trying to do that. And a lot of a lot of these firms will actually have these 
you know, larger firms will have intern development programs that are intern programs so that they have a, a set protocol. So when they bring in somebody new, here's what you do this for, for, the, for this amount of time. Here's how things are structured. You're going to go around and around and around. But a lot of firms, smaller firms don't necessarily have that. So she's been keeping track of things that she's just thought about them just so, so when she brings in someone new, when they bring in someone new, she has something to kind of work with. So thank you to Jessica for, for sending us this information and, and your notes, because this is certainly certainly informing what we're talking about today because I, it's been forever since I've hired an intern. So I, I don't, have, <laughs> I don't know that I have that perspective anymore. So, so we're going to kick that off with, with the advice for interns. I'm going to let Matthew start because this is something that really speaks to him. I think, you know, you've only been out of school or well, you've been working for 10 years, right? So, so you're probably a little closer to the intern experience than I am. I mean, a little bit. I, I think I'm, I'm not gonna. I'm. <laughs> I'm gonna say, despite my experience, I still feel like the intern occasionally just just because you know there's always somebody a little bit more experienced in the room. Now I don't think that's ever going to go away. You know, until I'm 90 and and old and decrepit. But <laughs> I do like I do like this first. I do like our first bullet point from Jessica. She says to ask questions. Even if it's your boss's boss, it, you're, you're fresh out of school. You've got, you, you may or may not have a, a, a good understanding of how buildings go together. Like I know when I was coming out of school, my my biggest concentration was trying to figure out how to render uh, particularly well so that I could be of some use in that regard because that's what I was interested in at the time. And, you know, it, that's may or may not be what firms are looking for these days, but coming out of school, there is stuff that you just don't know. And like, how do plate heights work with, with a building and, and how does, how do particular details go together? And what's the difference between a waterproof barrier and a water resistant barrier? And how do you want to dress? I mean, there's, there, there's so much stuff to get into that you didn't have time for in school that like you just need to keep working on your education and and you know and and th- that's a common complaint that many many people in the industry have is oh well we're just we're just continue continuing their education because it's not something that they were ever taught in school and so we feel like uh, investing in interns may or may not be a valuable resource in time, a, a valuable input in time, because you know we just need these people to sit down in a chair and start pumping pumping out CAD drawings for us. Well, and and for me, I mean, it was it was the ask questions because I didn't know anything, and and I think you know employer employers who are surprised that they're hiring interns who don't necessarily know how to, a building goes together and and they don't understand that it just kind of gets me, but. But yeah, it's it is an ask question, ask a lot of questions kind of job, and, and that's how you learn. And I think people forget that sometimes. And I, I, <laughs> I know my first boss got really irritated because I was doing red lines, and I just kept asking question after question after question. She was like, "Oh my God, stop coming over to my desk!" I'm like, "But I don't know anything." So yeah, it's it's one of those weird things. But the I don't want to say counter counterbalance to that maybe a little bit, but um, this whole idea that that. Whatever it is you're doing, whatever you've been tasked with, whatever they're wanting you to do, that you that you try your best, and that doesn't always mean 
trying to be as fast as possible so you can show them how well you can produce drawings or anything. You, you need to actually sometimes slow down and really think about what you're doing so that when you hand something over to someone, you know you've thought, thought your way through it. And hopefully they're going to see that and not not have a lot of stuff that you have to pick up. You know, the, the note that Jessica made was said, you know, said before you hand, you hand in a drawing to someone, print it out and review it. Look at it yourself because you will most likely, you're seeing it on the screen, print it out on a piece of paper, and odds are you'll notice something, even if it's something as stupid as a, a misspelled word, because it's like, oh, look, I can draw, but I have no clue how to spell anything, and that doesn't necessarily look good. I, and I had a, an intern that was working for us, not, not for my last firm, but the first firm I was at, uh, this girl came in, she was working for us, and she was always really proud of how fast she could crank out a red line set. You know, she she could take a bunch of red lines, turn around, crank it out, get everything completed on it, and then you know, boom! Suddenly, it's back in your lap for you to check. But she moved so fast that nine times out of ten, she would hand a drawing in to to review. I always picked up all the red lines, and in, in turn, either made additional errors, and consequently had to go back and fix those or was moving so fast she really didn't pick up everything she was supposed to pick up so things were taking things were being done two or three times when they could have been done once if she had simply slowed down so yeah it's that it's that notion of well i I just want to get this done and get them to look at it and make sure everything's okay but but take your time slow down try to do your best work and make sure that that before you hand it into your project architect, your project manager, or whoever you're reporting up to, that, that you've had a chance to really look at it and make sure <laughs> make sure what you're giving them is correct. Because it's it is kind of embarrassing when they're like, oh, "Yeah, you missed that," or "Or no, this doesn't go together this way." It just just uh, just take your time and and do your best. I mean, that's that's and that's the only thing that you can be asked to do is to do your best because this really is. A learning experience. It's a learning position, and that's what's going to happen for a few years. And and speaking of learning, our we have our next point is number three. As you learn on the job, you will eventually want. You will eventually reach a point where you're like, okay, well, I it's time for time for that next jump. Time to time for that next job. And it's not necessarily about okay. After a certain amount of time, you get that next jump in responsibilities in pay in in management whatever it is you're looking for you you really grow into that next job and that happens it's one of those things that happens over time over the course of you asking questions <laughs> over the course of noticing your own mistakes of of seeing what other people around you are doing and listening to other more experienced people you're, you'll learn more. You'll get more out of the current job you have, you know. And, and, and that's not to say that you shouldn't speak out because if you feel like you are ready for more, you should certainly speak up and say something and say, "Hey, like I feel like I'm ready," and start the conversation. But it, it is saying that it, it, it's more of a you grow into more responsibilities rather than it being a set thing that happens after X amount of months on the job. Yeah. And, and two, you're, you're going to try to think how to, how to phrase this. You're, you're going to learn 
you'll really learn about all the things by, you know, by doing that, by just, just knowing that you're going to be growing into this and paying attention. You're going to learn about all the things that that make a project go because there's so much more to it than just drawings and there's so much more to it than just building a building. There's all the little things that are happening, the conversations, the the soft part of of the job that is going to better inform what you're doing overall. But, but, but again, and I, th- I think that it's true what you were saying, you know, don't be afraid to bring up to, to your boss, what it is you're looking for. And then that's, that's the next point is that if there's a specific task that you're really interested in, if there's something about architecture that you think you'll really enjoy, don't hesitate to talk with your boss about it. I mean, you, you do need to, to focus on a, on a broader broader education or broader internship experience because there's all sorts of facets of the of architecture that you need to touch on. But if there's something really specific that you're you're interested in, don't be afraid to ask about doing it because the, the reality is you're not going to be doing red lines forever. You're not going to be being handed sheets and say, fix this, fix this, fix this. You're eventually going to get a lot more where you're you're creating it yourself. But what is it that interests you? And, and I think a, a great example of that, I was talking with an older architect, uh, probably 15 years my senior, and we were talking about the way he runs his business. And he does the stuff that he thinks is fun and lets everyone else do the stuff that he doesn't think is fun. And he used to ask me, he said, well, what's fun for you? And I said, you know, one of the things I, I always liked doing was really getting into the detailing, the details of things. We, we used to do these elaborate cabinet sets the the interior elevation sets and cabinet section sets and and we would just get into every last detail and i really liked doing that and that was appealing to me so so don't hesitate as an intern because because even doing that stuff like that you're going to learn a lot more Uh, you know you're not going to be so so narrowly focused you're only doing that one thing but you're going to learn a bigger picture but if there's something like that that interests you and you think, hey, can, can we talk about me doing some more of this? Because I think this is really fascinating. Do not hesitate as an intern to go to your boss and say it. Because, you know, for one thing, that's you being proactive. And that's not, to me, that's never a bad thing. You know, you, you, you want to get the best out of your education, so to speak. And if you don't say anything, they're not going to know what it is that, that really interests you. And speaking of being proactive on things, number five on our list of advice for interns is get started on your AXP as soon as you can. Uh, and the, the AXP is the the NCARB uh, program that we have for registering architects. It's everybody that wants to become an architect goes through 5,000 or it was 5,000 hours when I was doing it. I'm sure they've sliced it down to, I think it's it's. 3,600 hours now? Anyway, they, they, they get so many hours that you have to do and uh, in certain categories, whether that be code research or uh, accessibility or planning and development and, or design development or whatever the case may be. And so what a lot of interns will do is they'll start working on the job and then six months in, start be like, oh, well, yeah, I want to do this whole architect thing. How how do I get started on that? And then you're like, well, crap, you know, where did the last six months go? And and there's some retroactive, you can you can log hours retroactively to a certain degree, but don't play catch up. Be proactive. Know what areas 
you are currently covering in your position. And then also know what areas you need to work on and work with your manager or the the firm owner to see that you get that experience because maybe your manager isn't going to have anything that will would qualify for code research in in his particular wheelhouse but maybe another team might and and you know you might be able to bounce around in a couple different aspects of your job just to just to be able to get a little bit of that experience in but you got to be proactive get started on it as quickly as you can so because that's that's still about 3 years worth of <laughs> that's about 3600 hours is still about 3 years worth of work and so you it's it's a it, it, it's a long time and the sooner you get started on it the the faster it'll be over yeah definitely i uh i think i waited well because i, I because i because the way my my degree was i had to wait I had to do a seven-year internship versus three. And AXP is your architecture experience, architectural architecture experience program. It used to be called intern development program before they decided intern was too degrading. Um, but it's the same thing. But anyway, uh, I think I, <laughs> I think I waited about three years before I get, got started because I didn't, you know, I had to do all this, all this time anyway. So I wasn't in a big hurry. And I'm telling you, going back through your timesheets and figuring out how much time you to attribute to each sort of category. Oh my God, it was so tedious. I think I sat on our, our apartment floor or yeah, probably our apartment floor, just going through the, through my old timesheets going, Oh my God, I'm just going to want to, wanting to stab myself. Cause it was just insane. But yeah, it, uh, it's one of those things that it'll catch you off guard really quick. And now that you only have to do three years and you can start, I think even when you're, even when you're, um, interning during the summer. I think those hours count for between, between classes and stuff you're interning in the summer, but be, but keep track of all that stuff because it's important. And it'll, it'll, it'll sneak up on, on you very, very quickly. And, and the last thing we want to talk about for interns and, and this is maybe more of, of really a pre-intern or even, even if an intern, if you're switching jobs, this is something that I think, I think you need to be very aware of is when you're interviewing, be very specific and ask what it is exactly they're going to have you doing because they aren't, <laughs> people aren't always up front. And we talked about this before the guy who was, was expecting, they were asking a lot about his modeling, you know, how about using Revit and what his computer experience was. And he wasn't really paying attention and then spent his summer training the rest of the staff on how to use Revit and not doing any architecture at all. So, so be very specific, talk about how much, production work you might be doing talk about how much modeling work they're expecting you to do and talk about what the other opportunities are to learn and to grow am i going to be sitting in on meetings am i going to go to client meetings will you be taking me to the job site how how are these things happening and, and be but be very specific about it when you're when you're doing the interview process because i think a lot of times we're just excited that, that one we're having an interview and two we might have a job and this is so cool and this is so great i can't wait to start and suddenly we find ourselves doing a lot of things that we we didn't really want to do so. <laughs> and, and, and I would like to point out one of my favorite questions in an interview process like this to ask is what do you mean by X? Like, what do you mean by I'm going to be like, if, if your employer, if your potential employer is spelling out what the job is going to entail, like, what do you mean by production work what do you mean by doing doing x y and z because i feel like a lot of architects feel like they're very good at explaining 
in person what what something's going to happen. I mean, we're supposed to be decent communicators. That's how that I mean putting a building set together is visually communicating. Okay, this is how this works. This is how this works. Like it, it's a visual set of instructions on how to put a building together. And so you think, oh, well, okay, I think, oh, I think that what he said is pretty cut and dry, but it's not. Everybody has their own view on what they're saying. And unless you can get them to very clearly demonstrate to you what exactly will be happening, there's going to be, I guarantee you, there will be some misunderstandings that you may or may not have caught and may or may not enjoy the repercussions of after the fact. So that it's a very powerful question. What do you mean by it? Use it. I promise it'll work. Any, any situation you go into could always use more clarification. Just something that I've come to realize. (laughs) Well, and definitely true. I think, I think that's, that's, that's an excellent question. And, And it brings us to sort of the advice for your for your managers and owners, because I think a lot of man- managers and owners forget those things. They for- they forget, you know, they're used to talking differently, and so they don't know how to maybe really explain those things. So, so under advice for managers and owners, the 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 one thing that really stuck stuck out at me, and this comes back to the interview question, is to be sure as as the firm owner, as your project architect, whoever's going to be the boss for you, you know, for for the boss for that person. Make sure that you deliver on what you've promised this person in the interview. What you, what have you promised? What have you told the intern they would be doing? And make sure you deliver on that because they're going to remember that. They're going to remember if, oh, we're going to have you doing this X, Y, Z, and there's multiple things happening, and then they sit you down and they just do nothing but production work. The inter- intern's going to remember that and very quickly, <laughs> likely, going to start looking for somewhere else because this is what wasn't wasn't what was promised to me. This wasn't what I was told I would be doing, and now you've got me doing redlines for a year or just doing cranking out production work for a year. God forbid you've pigeonholed me into doing nothing but renderings for projects. And that's not what I was promised I would be doing. And so for the managers out there, remember that that you have had this conversation in this interview. If you've got an intern that's coming back to you and saying, look, we talked about all these things, but you've got me doing this, you've got an unhappy person on your hand and they may not last much longer than than past that conversation. It could be like, okay, well, you told me you'd be doing this, but am I going to be doing this? And if the answer is no, then then you've got somebody who's probably already looking for a job. So keep that in mind that, that you really need to deliver on what's promised in in the interview. Yeah, and 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 to that point, when an intern is coming to you, the person in power, and having that conversation with somebody that. That conversation, that that initial conversation, that of that interview process, that that is their that is their entire idea. Like they've started building this entire, I guess, picture in their mind of what this is going to entail, and and so they like at least I I remember just being being like, okay, based on what they've described, this is what my experience is going to be, and and you don't get to take back first impressions. So like that, that first impression that you build of, of that is, is the important bit. So if you're not, if you don't hold up that first impression, bit, like it will, it, 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 in my experience, it is made for a disappointing work experience when 
you pull the rug out from somebody and say, oh, yes, we'll get to that eventually, but I just need you to do this. And so, and then you, and then of course, you know, you think the problem may or may not have been solved by having that conversation. And then six months later, you're still doing the same thing. And it's just like, well, yeah, at that point, then you will be looking for something else because they didn't deliver. So it, 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 it is very important. <laughs> but that being said, the, uh, another thing that, uh, for a, a manager or another piece of advice for managers and owners that I've run into uh, over the last 10 years or so as I've c- gone from intern to project manager to architect is that you need to include the people below you in all parts of the project. Even if the interns are only involved in production work, even if even if your team is only involved in production work, include them in as much of the project as you possibly can. And, and I know that there's time pressures and, and, and production pressures. There's, I, I, I get all of that as a, as a, for a, from a firm owner perspective, but everybody wants to feel valued and feel part of a team by including them in, in these higher up meetings. You're saying, okay, you're, you're reaching out to them saying, Hey, you're part of the team. This is a t- this is a meeting that we're have having involving a project that you're going to work on or, or you are working on or whatever the case may be. So we want you in there. It, it'll help build team cohesion. It'll help so that everybody's on the same page. It'll make th- even the interns feel like, oh, hey, you know, he's really trying to to reach out to me. He's really trying to 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 pull me in and and get me involved. In an age where we may or may all not be working in the same space, like I know there's plenty of hybrid models out there. Some some architecture firms have gone to all in person all the time, but that's not everybody. You want to have that team cohesion as much as possible and pulling people into meetings, even if they're virtual meetings, gives them a sense that they are part of a larger team and they're going to be respected as part of that team. Bringing them into these meetings will also will also speed up production like it's not something that you think of necessarily from a from an owner's perspective but i can come at i have specific experience coming from that production side of oh i've been in a meeting with the owner the client and me at the production and uh when i was geez when i was two years two or three years out of school and the owner brought me along of the firm brought me along. He said, "Okay, you're going to be part of this project. You need to be in the meeting so that we can so that you know what's going on." And having that extra set of eyes and ears in the meeting will help everybody pick up what's going on. And it helps with production because the people that you will be tasking with putting this building together and putting the details together will understand why things are happening. If a client says, Oh, well, I want to move this countertop from here to here to to catch the view out towards the backyard. Not only did you, the owner, hear that, but the person who's going to be producing those drawings for that design heard that as well. So even if somebody something gets missed in transition later, everybody was in the meeting to hear that. You don't need to get you don't need to hear something secondhand or get it passed down. Everybody was there to hear that. And so the production will speed up because everybody knows why things are happening. They're, they're understanding how things are happening. Like there's only good for including people in meetings from the beginning. And, and the other thing too is, is 
you know, with my, my first job ever, no one, the, the owner of the firm never went to a meeting by himself because there were things that he would miss. And any, any project architect, any owner who's in a meeting by himself, you can't write everything down. You can't remember everything. So there were a couple of times where we ended up doing things twice because the owner didn't remember it one way and somebody else had a note and said, oh, by the way, no, 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 it has to be this because here's what they said. And I've heard some really, <laughs> really intense arguments about that. But yeah, it's, it is having those interns as part of that big, bigger picture and all of that, I, th- I think is really, you know, the other thing too, of course, what we talked about that, that you're educating these, these people you're educating interns and they need to see a bigger picture. They need to be involved in all parts of the project because there are things that they have to account for from their own, own perspective from the AXP and, and just learning how things go together and learning how things really work outside of the building, the building, the, it's important that they are all part of this because they're also developing their soft skills at the same time. How do you conduct a meeting? How do you respond to clients? How do you, interact with other people. I mean, it's, 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 there's a whole, whole bigger picture here. And then that, that it's important. Yeah. I, I think we always think production, well, I need you back in the office because I need you drawing, but you're right. You know, having them sitting in the meeting with you is going to help short circuit some of that because they have a better understanding of what's really happening. Yeah. And, and so the last piece of advice that I think we'd have for the managers and the owners out there who are, you know, bringing up the next class of, of architects is see the entirety of the people that are working with you. As you're running a firm, you've got time and production pressures or even just client pressures. The client just wants something a specific way or in a specific amount of time. I mean, I guess it goes back to time pressures. But because of the, all of those external factors, owners and managers may only see a person for their ability to produce drawings. People don't like being pigeonholed. People are so much more than just being defined by one aspect of their work. I I don't know how many times as an intern, I I spoke up being like, okay, I I want to be an architect, not just a production uh, guy. Like I want to, you know, go do job sites, be involved with client meetings, be involved in the design process. I've spoken up so many times over the course of my 10-year career and I I know that I'm 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 still a baby, but I have had those conversations with people and it has always come down to okay, I I really want to get a more well-rounded experience and the people who have heard that and and responded well to it will get more out of me than the people who just say, oh, yeah, you know what? I, I hear you, but I really just need you doing this. Well, and, and from, a, from, the, from a different, I guess, different perspective too, though, is, is that you're talking about the entirety of the person that you're working with. It's not just what they're doing working. It's, it's knowing who that person is as an individual. What are their interests? What's their family like? Are they married? Are they single? I mean, is, is it... What do they do outside for fun? Finding out more about what's happening with that person than just, okay, I need you to draw this, or I need you to do this specific task, or we're going to have you just doing rendering for three years. You need to understand more about who who your employees are. I think that's probably part of the nice part about being part of a small firm. I've never been with any 
Well, I was with one one commercial firm that was eighty people for about six months, and it didn't feel feel great because nobody really knew who you were. I mean, you were just sort of this cog in this giant machine, and and so I think smaller firms have that ability because you're in each other's business constantly. I mean, you you're all working together and you're trying to push forward, and you just know each other. I mean, I think there's a, a much better connection. So so if you're working with these interns, understand more about who they are than just this production person or this person you need to do a, a rendering for something or, or that, oh, they're just an intern here to get their experience. There, there's so much more to that. And, 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 you know, you were talking about this sort of being the, the last point for you, but, but for me, here, here's the last point for me. And, and I think this is so true that if you are working with an intern, if you have people that you've been with for two years and they've learned, you know, they're learning and they're growing and you're watching it happen, at some point, they'll they'll probably want to leave because you can't always get all the same all the experience you want can't always happen at the same place. When they do leave, if 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 they're leaving you on good terms, I don't care how devastated you are that you're probably losing what you think was a really great employee. Keep in mind that that you need to keep in touch with these with these people. You need to keep in touch with these interns. You know, if for no, no other reason than you're go, going to potentially be a mentor for them, so then they can come back to you and ask you questions. But the other thing too is, three years down the road, when you're thinking to yourself, "God, we really need somebody who can do X, Y, Z." Oh, wait, so and so used to work here. I wonder if we can get a hold of him. Well, not wondering because you've managed to stay in touch with them and, and have that relationship. So, so don't be scared of of staying in contact. I was we, we were doing a presentation one time about. Um, internship, uh, I'm trying to think of the word, uh, attrition, because something like 50% of interns left the profession. And so why? And one of the guys said, oh, well, we had somebody leave after three years and it was we really hated to see him go, but we couldn't keep him there. And I said, well, do you still talk to him? And the guy looked at me and said, well, well no, I don't. I'm like, well, why not? What's, what's going on with you that you wouldn't think that I've just lost this great employee. I'll never see him again. Well, you know, that great employee, three years, four years, five years down the line, they'd be an incredibly fantastic addition to the firm. So so you want to hold on to those people and you want to keep going and, and, and making sure you maintain that relationship. But all that said, we want to get into the whole integrating. And we're, start, <laughs> we're starting to get kind of long, guys, and we apologize for this, but clearly it's something we've been thinking about. But we want to talk about how do you integrate into a remote hybrid situation where, because, you know, because, and I actually know firms that are all remote. I mean, that they, they have literally closed down their, their office and all the work they do is remote. Everyone's at home. So how do you bring interns into that? How do you, how do you get them involved? And I don't know that we've got a, a great answer for this because, you know, businesses consist of people. So how do we do it? I mean, I mean, you know, Matthew, you're starting out on your own and, Hopefully, at some point, you'll have to hire somebody, uh, <laughs> or you'll do like do like I do and just hire other people um, for contract. But you need to hire somebody. So, so if you're hiring an intern, if, if you're doing what you're doing right now and you get ready to hire an intern, what do you think is going to be the what's going to be the key here to get them integrated into the practice? I, I'm as anybody who listens to the podcast at any length knows, I am a huge fan of remote work. Like it, it nothing beats just being in a comfortable space that you have complete control over and the ability to just zone out the world and just do stuff. And so I'm, I'm a huge fan of, of this, the, 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 what the pandemic has kind of forced the industry to go into, at least temporarily. 
but I would say that if I were to hire somebody and expand my team out um, because things were just going that well for me, I would say that I would I would make it a point to say, okay, at least once a week, let's go let's go grab lunch. You ma- making that making that in person investment is important to a team cohesion, just because you can only do so much through a computer screen. The computer screen is going to limit your ability to to really connect with somebody on a on a personal and 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 professional level. And so having having at least a little bit of in person experience with with that person will help your communication it'll help you get to know that person and it'll help you just the process of of designing and putting a building together go better and faster so that that to me having a scheduled time regardless of of what what you do just having a scheduled time where you know an hour a day something happens in per or an hour a week, something happens in person because it's not that much of a time investment. Like you're not going to, you're not going to break the bank in terms of production hours going out and doing something as a firm. And I can see that it's, it is very much. I think, I think especially if you're talking about interns, I think there are moments where you need to have them sitting down in front of you and, and, and not even lunch. I mean, this, we're talking, I've got red lines for you to do and I need to sit down with you and we need to review them together because I want you to understand what it is you're doing and want you to get a sense and want you to be able to ask questions while we're looking at the drawings together, not on the screen, on the sheet of paper, because I think, I think sometimes you can, you learn a little better that way because we can talk through some of these things because I will certainly say as, as an intern, I never understood if I didn't understand why something was being done, you know, my, my boss's desk was, two desks away, I could just walk over and say, okay, what does this mean? Why is this happening? And I think that doesn't happen happen necessarily in a hybrid or a remote environment. So yeah, the to be able to come together at some point, sit down and go, okay, here's how here's what I need you to do. Here's what I need you to work on. Here's why. As you're going along, if you have questions, we can zoom, call me, however you want to do it. But that initial initial bit of connection. But I, I'm I'm also at the same time I'm with you. It's it it's hard to build a relationship just over a computer screen because I, I don't care what Grinder tells you. I don't care what Tinder tells you. I don't care what any of the, the apps tell you, you need to still have some actual in-person connection. So yeah, I, I think it's, I think it's critical, but I would even say this, like, even if you're still being pandemic conscious, you can still be pandemic cautious and still meet outside or meet indoors with face masks if that's your thing and still get that one-on-one time if if the person you're working with does happen to be uh, either is either you know immune compromised or doesn't feel comfortable in in indoor environments given a situation or whatever the case may be like tailor it to your needs but there's still plenty of ways for the pandemic pandemically conscious people to enjoy an in-person relationship with people they're working with. Oh, definitely. I, I think so. And, and I think people are getting more, more relaxed about that too. But, you know, sitting out a, sitting on a um, patio at a, at a bar or restaurant with your drawings and just kind of going through stuff. I think that's you know, a nice way to spend. 
at the, it's the end of the day, have a beer and, and talk through what you're working on. And, and hopefully that'll, that'll build that relationship. But it sounds like your dogs are getting restless. So it's probably time for us to go for you guys out there. If you're an intern, hopefully this is helpful for you. And if you're an owner, please keep all these things in mind because I don't think, especially as, as we, as we grow older and as we become more experienced, maybe we're not necessarily thinking about those things. So if you, if you have any other suggestions, any other thoughts, uh, please don't hesitate to reach out to me. It's Larry at spotteddogarchitecture.com or at spotteddogarch on Instagram and Twitter. And, 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 and for, so, and for the podcast, you can always find us at, on Instagram at Arch Geeks Podcast, and you can find me personally at Matthew at addingarchitecture.com. And my firm is at adding arch on Instagram and Twitter as well. So be sure to look us up there. Yeah. And let us, let us know if you have any other suggestions. This is, this has been fun. And, and again, thanks to Jessica for, for sending me information. It was very sweet, very, very appreciative. And, and, I will hopefully have to one day return the favor. Anyway, we'll see you guys in a couple of weeks or we'll, you'll hear us in a couple of weeks. And uh, until then, enjoy your September. Hopefully things are cooling off for everyone and what seems to be more fire and flood, but who knows? We'll see what happens. And hopefully we, we haven't drowned in rain before we get back. So we'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Bye.